Hello and welcome. My name is Matt Brush, and this is the first ever episode of Coding Corner, I guess is what I'm going to call this. Um, I, I recently was talking to my wife about making uh, video-like entries into uh, kind of like a journey into my coding experience and all that, and I wanted to kind of uh, categorize and segment all these videos in, in a certain way to make sense for myself looking back on it and maybe for others that are watching these videos. So I figured this would be the best platform on how to do that. And so here we are. I'm going to start my first episode now. Uh, today's episode is going to be a bit of a broad topic. It's going to be a little all over the place. You can see I've got my notes and things there. Um, we've got uh, a few different things I want to talk about, but before I get into it all, uh, I just want to say at first that we're going to be on a few different platforms at the same time. So uh, currently right now I am live streaming on Twitch. This is going to be going up on YouTube as a video to watch or rewatch if you would like to, uh, as well as a podcast. So you might be hearing this in audio form only, and if you are, that's totally fine. Uh, I'm going to try to keep a lot of this less on the visual side and more just about uh, the theoretical side and, uh, and, and discussion. But we will have some visual parts to it. So if you're on audio, uh, and if you're like me, you probably don't mind too much. You can just go along with it anyways. But there might be some things that are visual only. But I'll try to explain it as we go. Anyway, so just in case you were wondering, we're going to be on Twitch, YouTube, and podcast. Uh, also, if you have any ideas or anything that you think you would like to see on the show, or possibly some people that you would like me to talk to or, or bring on the show if I can, then uh, just let me know and I'll try my best. I have a few contacts in the independent video game developer scene, so uh, I'll, I'll try my best there as well. So um, today's topic, like I said, it's going to be a little bit broad. Uh, I, I'm going to move around a few different things. Uh, I've got a game I would like to introduce on the uh, video today, and it's, it's a game that I've been working on for the last two months or so, and I want to show off you know, the main concept and the ideas behind it. And I want to talk about what I want to do with it. And I also want to talk about maybe some of the struggles that I can go through, uh, not just with this game, but in games in general when I'm developing them. And just to help others maybe that are also having the same kind of struggles. And, and just bring up some of those kinds of topics that uh, yeah, people go through when we're doing these kinds of things. So a little bit about me before I go on too far. Uh, so I started at BCIT uh, University um, and I took a two-year course, a digital design and development course. I did web development and app development there. Uh, it was much more on the design side than anything else, but I really gravitated towards the app development part of it and I really enjoyed that. So I was getting into uh, just the basics, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript at that time and I was really really new at it at that time that was in 2014 and I started to really enjoy the JavaScript part and the app development part and uh, we started making uh, applications that we uh, developed and we used uh, what was it called now we used like a packager that would take our JavaScript applications and then uh, package it off to Android and iOS so that we could create the apps that way and it was pretty cool I made an app in my school years there called better me at the time, it was a task management app, like an organizational task management app, and it did pretty good. We got onto the Google Play Store and uh, did well, so that was that was really fun. And I made a couple websites at that time as well. One was a streaming website that integrated with my Twitch at the time because I was streaming quite a bit on Twitch. Uh, so we did those, and then after BCIT, I moved into uh, uh, my first career or job. And I interned at that time, and I was doing an app for this company. They wanted me to get an app done in six weeks. Uh, I did not get the app done in six weeks. I actually stayed at the company for about three years or so, so it turned into a real career. And that was really cool, and we developed the app for a long time there. And the reason it took so long was mostly miscommunication in upper management, people not knowing scope and things that they wanted totally. And it just got muddled and lost over time but as the developer I got a lot of stuff I got to work on I got to travel around the world which was really fun I'm over here in Canada and uh, so I got to go over to Norway and uh, that was just a great experience for me I really enjoyed that I got to see a lot of different types of code uh, or programmers and, and how they were going about different programming methods and logic and stuff and I thought that was really fun so I enjoyed that experience then after that 
I made a couple websites for that company. Uh, that was nice. One was a Shopify integrated website with a dashboard and a cataloging and all that so that the people could look through the products and purchase them through that. Uh, so that was very interesting. There's a lot more on the CSS and JavaScript side on that. And then after that, I moved into the job I'm in now, which is actually just an IT. So it's not, it's not really a coding job at all. And I don't do a lot of, I do a bit of scripting but not a lot of it, and a lot of it is uh, string-based scripting, um, or just really, really simple scripts. Um, so nothing too much there. Every now and then we dive into like PHP or something that could be a little bit more challenging, but usually just very basic scripts. Um, but what I did do is back in 2016, I started using GameMaker, GameMaker Studio 2 to be specific. And I started really learning GameMaker's language. So they have a coding language in there called GML. and that I started to gravitate towards, and I think it's because I started with JavaScript. So starting with JavaScript and then moving into GameMaker's language, I think was a huge benefit for me because that uh, they're very, very similar, I find. And, and GML is kind of a, a mishmash of a bunch of different coding languages. So uh, I find it quite uh, sophisticated, actually. And just to show you an example here, so just opening up a random script of mine, um, it's got de it's got declaring variable variables um, in like your create uh, event here, and then a step event where variables and and anything that's happening consistently are happening in your step event. And you can add other events like a draw event or a draw GUI event, so things to draw onto the screen. And I, I find that since it's it's labeled in these ways, I, I find that quite simple. Declaring a variable, setting what your variable is doing during the game, drawing your variable if need be. I I don't know, that just makes a lot of sense to me, so I really like that. And uh, the, just little coding functions, how they do loops, how they do uh, a lot of their syntax and everything, it just it translates really well from JavaScript. So um, I guess, yeah. So I, I've been doing uh, Game Maker Studio 2 games, or I've been developing them since about 2016. I've made a lot of random little indie games, uh, but I haven't published anything. That's my biggest issue, is I, I start a lot of games and I get a little bit into them, and then at some point I get really squirrely and I focus on something else um, and then I stop that project and I work on a different project after that so what I'd like to do is try to focus on one project and again that's why these videos should help is to keep me laser focused on that one project and just see how far I can go with this one and I'm really planning on trying to get this one to a full release and I've got a lot of uh, ideas that I want to kind of set in stone to, to keep me on releasing this and uh, one of those ideas is going to actually, as I update my code and go through them, I want to release the game on uh, GitHub so that people would be able to go back on prior releases and see the code that I've done on the game. And I think that that's a good idea because I think it'll motivate me to get that game out there. And it also motivates communication and feedback from others, which is gonna help me because I, I do better when I get constructive criticism from people to see where I went wrong and how I could do better with code. Um, I don't know if everybody can relate to this, but when I code things, I, I seem to make all the mistakes and then learn from those mistakes and then fix it over time. And then I, I, I then know how to code after that. I actually didn't take to code all that well when I first started with it and I made a ton of mistakes and that, that's just what helped me over time. So, all right. So I've been working on Game Maker Studio games since about 2016. Uh, I've made a ton of them. I can't think of how many random different projects I'd worked on, but it's been on and off since then. I don't know if everybody's GameMaker folders look like this, but I've got, this is a small example. I have a, a recent hard drive that I started working on in 2021, and this is the different games I was putting into that. Now, I know a lot of these are just version numbers, but uh, still, there was quite a few different games that I was working on in just 2021 alone, uh, trying different things. And some interesting strides I hit in 2021 were, um, one thing that was very helpful and it helped me with this game is I built two different uh, staple foundations that I'm continuing with, which is, uh, it's, I guess I make mostly indie development games, 2D kind of games, and there's two types I typically would gravitate towards. There would be one that was a platformer based, but platformer obviously character on the screen is a 2D, they jump like Mario. Or there was top-down view, which is more like a Stardew Valley, where the character's kind of like going this way and back up and then to the left and to the right on the screen. And so I, I was making a lot of both those styles of games, and I realized if I'm doing that constantly but changing my project, then why don't I make the core structure of both of those 
and then just save that somewhere. And that's that's really helped me a lot with my game. So uh, that was a huge stride I hit in 2021. I was very happy with that. And that's that's helped me get ideas from here onto the screen really quickly. And actually, that's a, that's a reason why I really like Game Maker Studio 2 as an engine, uh, because it seems to be very quick at getting your games from your head to the screen. Now, I know people could code a lot of things in Unity or in Unreal, and they'd be able to get that also fast onto the screen as well, but it just seems to work well for me, so I like Game Maker Studio 2. So, that's my story. Uh, that's a little bit about me. Now, I want to get into some of the some more topics here about coding in general and just the games I'm working on and, and such. Uh, I also just want to let you know that if you are watching on Twitch or anything like that or anything live and you want to comment or have any questions, I'm going to do a Q&A at the end of the video. So if you have any questions or anything, you can write them into the Twitch chat. And I, I'm not looking at it though, but I'll read it afterwards. I'll go back and, and take a look, see what people have been asking and we'll take a look at some of the questions and I'll answer that. Uh, this being my first video though, I don't really figure I'm going to get so many questions, so I've got a preloaded question for the end of the video. So, moving on from that, uh, different things to stay motivated. Motivated while developing, while developing a game. So I find this tough. I don't know about everybody else, but when I'm developing a game or coming up with a new idea, it usually hits me really hard on the first couple days. And I've got that idea in my head, and I'm all jazzed up about it, and I start writing things down, and I start thinking about the different things that'll work for it, and, and how this could work, how that couldn't work. Is this too broad? Is that not broad enough? Uh, and then I'll lose it over time. Like, I, I wake up one morning, and I'm feeling totally different. And it's usually just life hitting you in a different way. There's a lot of factors in life that can... They feel like they're getting in the way. They're really not. They're, they're just your regular life, but they feel like they're getting in the way of your creative process. So... Things to keep myself motivated. What works for me is I find myself doing a lot of reading. I, I tend to read a lot of books. Uh, I switch. Actually, we just we just put up the bookshelf uh, today, which is really nice. We moved it from the other room and moved it into here, and it was it was nice to see some of my older books again and just kind of look at the spines and see the ones that I owned and the memories I had when reading them. But one thing that happens to me with books is it broadens my mind a bit. It gets my imagination kind of going the creative juices flowing and all that and uh i find i'll read something like lord of the rings and lord of the rings won't be relevant to the game i'm developing at all but what it does do is it, it allows my brain to get to that place that creative zone so that when i come back to thinking about my game again maybe when i put the book down uh suddenly the ideas are back and i'm thinking about all that again and uh yeah i just i find that really helpful so Reading books is helping me a lot with keeping that motivation going. Uh, so I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks. Sorry, I, I'm looking over here a lot because my notes are over on this side of the screen. So, um, But I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks, and that helps a lot for me as well. Um, I listen to podcasts about many, many different topics. I'm kind of like a podcast junkie, and I'll listen to almost anything. And I will listen to a podcast that's like a humorous, funny podcast, and it'll make me think about something very serious. And I'll listen to a very serious podcast, and it'll make me think about something like fantasy or something, and I'll just I'll just daydream about something else sometimes. So I find podcasts, again, allow my brain to get to that zone or that place. And audiobooks, same as books, they also help me just get out of that, which is really cool too. And the last one is, is only more recently, because normally when I listen to music, I end up singing, and that... I, I like that for kind of like clearing my head or just like uh, getting out of like a work space or a work zone kind of thing like that and just singing just helps me kind of I don't know zen but I've also noticed recently that just by throwing on music that doesn't have uh, any words like an ambience kind of music or like yeah like background music to like Lord of the Rings soundtrack or if you do like uh, I've got a chiptune playlist that I'll put on I really enjoy that actually and I find it it's really motivating and it really just gets me thinking oh wouldn't that be cool if this I, I heard a theme song the other day and it made me want to do an expansion to a game i haven't even made yet and it made me want to make like a beach day expansion where it's like summer days <laughs> I, I have no idea why it was just because i heard the song i guess and the way the song sounded triggered this like beach setting to me and i was like that's so cool so um very strange but music helps me a lot too just listen to some music sometimes if you're ever feeling down listen to some music uh there are also 
I'll just move move topics a little bit. That that's kind of keeping motivated. How do you keep motivated in that project? Another thing too, this kind of ties into keeping motivated is the little voice in your head, and that that I've noticed since I started in Game Maker Studio and making these projects and working on things, the little voice in your head, it creeps up every now and then, and it, it starts telling you that, yeah, you don't really need to work on this project anymore. You're not doing it for anybody. Um, chances of making money on these things are so slim, so you don't you don't really want to do that. Uh, you don't want to focus too much on the money part of it. And it's like, well, you're not going to make money anyways. You're wasting your time. You're not really doing anything of value. Um, if you're like me, you're not showing off your games as much. So you're you're not really getting anything out of it. You're just making that code and watching the code go. But then there's not as much satisfaction. Uh, I play a lot of Minecraft. So my analogy is if you play single player Minecraft, I feel like a lot of people get that feeling after a while where you're making a bunch of stuff that's really cool. But since there's no one watching, it doesn't have as much gravitas to it, I guess. Um, so with coding, I, I feel like that little voice comes in quite a bit. I think a really important thing to do is, well, for me, in the past when that voice creeps in, and it's almost always inevitable, that voice comes out of somewhere. Um, for me, I've typically, or historically, I've just dropped my project after that. And I've just gone, okay, I'm done. So if, if that voice is coming in, then it must not be worth it. So, because you must always have that high is, is what I used to think. These days I've realized that no, that you, you get that voice and sometimes it just means take a break or sometimes it just means just relax. Just don't worry about it right now because your mind's just not there at the moment. You're just not, you're not thinking about the project and it's not something that's, that seems worth it right now. That's totally fine. Uh, in the long run, I see this as a hobby myself. Um, so in the long run, there are a lot of other important things in life. So when that voice comes in, it's probably just a sign that there's something else that you're thinking about that you need to concern yourself with more or you're just not in the mode right now. And that's also fine. So if that voice creeps in, what I tell myself now at least is just don't worry about it. So if anybody, and if any of you get that voice, that's uh, that's what I'd say to that. Um, so things in your life that can creep up. I talk a little bit about life and how it can hit you. So I'm currently married so that, you know, I, I have a partner and, and uh, that takes up time to make sure that I'm giving my time to them as well. Uh, make sure I'm, I'm not making them do everything around the house and all that kind of stuff and I'm making time to make sure that we're still doing things together or we, we actually own our house so work on projects around the home so just today we were moving shuffling things around in the house and trying to make stuff work and make more sense so the house doesn't feel so cluttered and uh, that stuff that feels like it's getting in the way sometimes it's obviously it's not that's that's your regular life but it just when when you get a creative idea then that stuff comes in it can feel like it's nagging at you or getting in the way. Um, but it's it's really important. And what's really strange is when you do those things. Sorry, I just need some water. Hold on. There we go. When you do those things, um, I find almost every single time when I'm in the middle of it, it gets me motivated again. It gets me thinking about uh, how to work on the next thing. So I think a lot of it is all tied in together. And I, I don't really know how to express this, but I was reading a book one time that was talking about uh, John Carmack, who's one of my favorite game developers. He created Wolfenstein and Doom and a uh, great developer. And in the book, they talk about him uh, working on his mind as well as his body. And so he used to work in, uh, I can't remember, it was some kind of martial arts, but I can't remember exactly which one it was. And uh, he used to work on that quite a bit. He, he worked on his upper body strength. But he also was like the epitome of a nerd at that time. And uh, so he had the brain power and the brawn at that time. And there was something along those lines of working on yourself to keep your mental health good and your physical health good at the same time because they're linked in some weird way. So the way I think about it is if I have projects around the house I need to do or we have a dog and our dog actually is reactive to people and dogs so we have to spend quite a bit of time trying to make sure that we are training the dog constantly making sure she's not so reactive and try to give her great moments um, around others around other people socializing with other dogs and yeah it can it can be rough definitely <laughs> no pun intended uh, it can be it can be tough um, but at the same time when you're working on those kinds of things and let's say you hit a new milestone there with the dog just because you hit that milestone, you might now come up with a whole new coding structure when you work on your code next. And they're not necessarily related, 
It's not like you thought of that coding structure because you helped your dog, but because you helped your dog, you might have been able to free up some, some bandwidth, you know, and then go back to your coding structure, and then boom, there it is. Now you're able to code. I don't know if it's true, it's just a theory, but uh, I feel like that quite a bit. And time after time, if I choose to do my workout, every day I ask myself, should I work out? And if I choose to do that workout, if I was to then code, I feel like, well, I'm in the right headspace. I'm already motivated, I'm already ready to go. And uh, I just think it's tied in. It just seems to work, so. So that's my two cents on that. Um, organization, keeping motivated, that little voice in your head, all that stuff. Uh, that's what I deal with when I'm developing a video game. I know not everybody's the same, but I do scour around on Reddit sometimes. And I check out the other indie video game developers and what they're thinking. And, and I see a lot of those topics coming up. How do you stay motivated? How do you get your game out? Or, oh, my game's finally released. You just got to stick with it. And uh, I see those comments and yeah, I mean, I can, I feel those same feelings all the time when I'm going through my game development. So speaking of the game, we have a game in front of us. Let's let's look at that now. So I have a game I've been working on uh, since early December, I think. Now it's been on and off and I didn't have a lot of time in December, so I've been plugging away at it slowly. And I think that's the key right now for myself is since I'm slowly putting time into this game, it's helped me get further in this game than I normally do because I'm not I'm not just spending all my energy really quickly in like a week. I'm uh, every couple days or so I'm, I'm putting just a little bit of time and effort into it so let's get into the game now I don't know exactly where to start so what I'll do is I'll just show off what we have so far with our game and uh, we'll run from there so here we go uh, sound is coming through TV I think the sounds gonna work we'll just we'll have to double-check here but we'll find out um, also none of this has been shown or really tested too much so uh, Keep that in mind while we're running through this is I'm not too sure how this will run um, I haven't totally bug bug fixed or anything like that for this version that we're running uh, okay two seconds here I just want to see <clears throat> is the sound running here I guess we'll find out I'm gonna remove the save game file that would be on here there we go okay oh I heard that did that come through on the speakers I don't think it did Oh, you know what? Give me two seconds. I think I've got the speakers running on the wrong spot. So hold on. Properties. Where is that right? Let me just do a sound test there. Oh, never mind. That is correct. Oh yeah. Okay. And turn that down okay so there we go <clears throat> there we go. okay so sorry I'm just uh, trying to set up here so we have a dialogue system coming in I've just got a little brief reminder at the very beginning of the game right now talking to people letting them know that it's me developing the game and if they'd like to reach out they can reach out here something simple I'm gonna skip this I've got a skip button for all dialogue in the game <laughs> so what is your character's name at the moment we can just do a simple little we can go with the default name I've got set up here or I can press the backspace button which kind of removes everything on the screen but you can actually type in a new name so I'm gonna type in a new name called new name okay so we press start start our game there's a little cutscene here with the boss uh, I'm gonna skip ahead on these I'm not gonna worry about the dialogue too much most of this is all placeholder I was just playing around with a bunch of stuff so I'm just gonna skip ahead and uh, you'll notice actually the boss sprite is the same as my character sprite. I haven't spent too much time on design at all either, and nothing is finalized. I just, I guess here's another thing. I had a theory of if I want something in the game, I'm just going to grab an image of it from online and just place it into the game. doesn't matter whose it is. I just want to see it visually while I'm working on it. And that's usually how I start up my structure, and I, I throw on images of whatever I've seen. In this case, it was, it was a sprite sheet, and I just used the sprites. Then... After a little while, once I start working on the game, it really irritates me that I'm using other people's work because I want to see my own work. So then I start replacing all that with my own work. Well, I'm at a stage now where this is all completely my own work, my own sounds, my own visuals. Uh, everything is my own, my own code. This is all my own stuff. Uh, 
but because of that <laughs> there's not much so because it takes a lot of work uh, that's why I actually have uh, Asprite I don't know if you see this one um, this is this would be like this the sprite creator uh, Asprite how do you say this Assy Sprite I, I don't really know how to pronounce it um, but yeah this would be the the sprite creator that I use for that kind of stuff so it just takes a long time I'm not a designer uh, so it takes me forever to get pixels and push them out there anyway so here's our game we can walk around here's a little character yeah, he's got a little walking sound effect as he goes. Boop, 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 boop. And uh, if you haven't guessed already, this is a the game is called Little System Admin. You saw it on the title screen. And in this game, you're working as an IT guy. You're working as a guy in IT. I'm using that age-old technique of, uh, you know, work with what you know. So I know IT, so I figured I was going to make a game about IT. I've made a ton of different style of games, and this one is honestly kind of working for me. It's been a pretty fun little experience, so... In this, we're playing as an IT guy working in a new building, and uh, he has to manage all the IT stuff in the building. So that's what we're going to do. Let's move forward with our guy. There's a little cutscene that's going to play here. I'm just going to skip this again. Oh, I keep forgetting I have a skip button. I just I keep doing that. I normally skip through it because I'm checking the dialogue, but I have a skip button I could use. Anyways, he wants us to buy a computer. We're going to buy a computer right now. Let's go, we have our catalog here, and I can go and I can purchase items from the catalog. We got desks, we got a computer, routers, a power outlet, an ethernet outlet, modem, switches, but we have to buy a computer for the quest. So we're gonna buy a computer right now, place it down, and then we completed the quest. Awesome. Boss is going to leave. And again, I was just kind of testing out those cutscenes, but I don't really wanna watch that cutscene every single time, so I'm gonna save my game real quick. Okay, so I actually have, I've recently worked on a task section. You notice that we completed a task. There's another task here called hook up computer with power, as well as a software task, which is log into office chat. So that's what we have to do next. In this game, it's all about managing devices and objects that you have in your game world. So I wanna make sure everything is connected. So what I've done is I've actually coded in uh, up here, a breaker box. This is a breaker box here. And then this little orange guy, I don't know if I'll be able to see it or highlight it, I can't, unfortunately. The orange guy there is a junction box where the ethernet, well actually the, the coax in the storyline here is coming into the building from the uh, the internet service provider. So we got a breaker box where the power is coming in and we got a junction box where the internet technically is coming in. Uh, then what we do is we set up our devices. So I don't have sprites currently showing cables or wiring or any of that kind of stuff right now. What I am showing off is uh, just the objects, and I know they're connected because it's in the code. So I'll show you that. If we go into our IT mode, we can actually see all that. If I click on the junction box for a second, or, or sorry, the breaker box for a second, I can check the information about the object. And in there, I can see that it's getting an input of its um, power from the electrical company, and then it's outputting its power to the power outlet. So the power outlet is this one right here. And if I go to the information about the power outlet, I can see that, yes, it's getting its power from the breaker, and it's actually doing an output of power to the modem. And the modem is this thing on the desk, and that modem there is how we're gonna put internet into our computer. So let's go to the computer. You can see right now there's no light on on the computer. It's actually blank right there. So we're going to click the power source button, and we're going to plug it into the power outlet. And now it is plugged in. And I've completed that task. And if I go to the task button now, you'll actually see that there's nothing in the tasks anymore for there. So we completed that task. Okay, there's also the sound effect. I was just playing around with some sound effects on when you turn on a computer, how that goes. So, let's also connect the Ethernet to that. Now, you wouldn't have been able to turn on the computer before, and now, since it's powered, you can. So, the computer's turned on. So, there we go. So far, I'm going to move away from the computer because it's loud. <clears throat> so far, that is the functionality of the game. It's not, it's not a lot. Um... What I spent a lot of my time on was the foundations, the, the background of the game, and making sure that the core is there so that now I can start adding in my storyline, my cutscenes, my functionality, uh, and, and objects and furniture and all that stuff. So for the longest time, the game had like these two items in the catalog because I had to still build up how all that works. But once you get the main core foundations done, suddenly the rest of this stuff just kind of bloops right in there you know you just you create it really quickly <clears throat> okay so that is the show off of the game little system admin 
that's what I have so far. Um, I guess other things I can show is it has a saving system. So if I was to go back to the main menu, I press continue, it saves, it, go, it takes my character back to his spot. Now currently, you might have noticed the computer's gone. I, I actually haven't coded in keeping objects where they are. So if I was to add in a desk, and I was to add in a computer here, and an outlet, and an ethernet outlet. Now, I can do a bunch of stuff here and I save it. Uh, it won't stay, unfortunately. My money actually will deplete, but it won't stay. So I'll just show you again some of the functionality in the game here. So this power outlet here currently has no power hooked up to it. If I go to the information about it, there's nothing on there. So if I go here and I say connect the circuit, I can connect it to the breaker, I can take the computer now, and I can connect it to the outlet. To prove that this outlet wasn't doing anything though, let me just click this and click back for a sec. This outlet here, oh, it's still connected. Oh, that's supposed to, oh, I'll just move it. There we go. Now it shouldn't be connected. Perfect, okay. All right, this computer here, I'll connect that to the outlet. So it's connected to the outlet, still has no power though. Now the outlet, I'll connect to the breaker and the computer will turn on. There we go, we see the red light just came on. Now we can go to the computer and we can turn it on. Nice. So that's cool, that works, that's awesome. But again, if I was to save, and then go to the main menu and click play, it doesn't save those items there. So that's that's a part I'll have to work on and get to later. Um, and it's it's in the roadmap, so we will get there. But it's just not, not important yet. A lot of the other foundational stuff is what was important. There is actually music in the game as well. I have it currently turned off, but I can show off one of the tracks that I've been working on, which has been kind of fun. Uh, I was actually just recently going through this with my wife, and I was showing her these tracks, and she thinks it'd be kind of fun if the, the steps sound effect was going on beat with the music. Um, so I'll show you that, and I think it's a good idea, so I, I want to go ahead with that. So. so here we go. I'm going to now run this again. This is not the song I wanted to show. There's three songs, so I'm just going to keep skipping until I get to the one I want. This is the one I wanted to show. <clears throat> I was working with a 8-bit uh, NES virtual soundtrack uh, kind of package. It's pretty good. So I made this song just the other day. And I like the style with the game. <laughs> and then you can see the walking. That walking sound effect, I, uh, I just, I obviously want to match that. And that's what my wife was saying, and, and I totally agree with her. So that'd be the next stage is trying to match that with the sound effect there or the sound effect with the music okay so i was going to go over some of the stuff in my code it's going to actually do some cleaning of code and coding actually on screen but i have a different idea now I'm, what i think i'm going to do here is i'm going to go through just a bit of the process of how i come up with the ideas for a game what i do to stay motivated on that idea in game maker like actually how i write the idea down and then how i do my updates and how i continue that process as well because i think it's it won't work for everybody, but it's just my method and you can take from it what you will because I, I find it helps. So we'll do that. And then uh, from there, we'll go to our Q&A at the end. And I think that's going to be it for the episode. I'm also not sure how long these videos are going to be, but we'll go with it for now. So, okay. So this was written, this is actually written like incrementally from when I came up with the idea all the way up until like, you know, the other day. So, um, uh, so I, I came up with my idea and I, I didn't have a, a name for it or anything yet. I just said system admin, um, system admin ideas. I wrote that down, started with that. And then I was like, okay, what's my game? A light comedic simulator RPG set in an IT environment. That was the idea that popped into my head. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, play as an IT worker for a company that does not know anything about IT and why it is important. Manage employee computers, networks, and security structures, as well as the budget for the IT to keep this company working. That's just how I wrote this. And is that gonna stay? I don't know, maybe not. I, I had an idea here for a paper company. I put an exclamation or a question mark because I, I don't know if I wanna do a paper company. And, and at this point I'm, I'm thinking no. But back then when I wrote it, I was like, I might. So I, I just spitball ideas and I throw them all down here and I just write down things I've got ideas for and I think what might work and what might not work. So I think it's funny and I put that stuff in and I work that way. So then I work on updates. And what I started with was actually not the very beginning. I started with 0 0.2. Um, 0 0.1 is, like I said before, my template that I used. And then I started working on the actual game, what was specific to this game alone. So 0 0.2. 
And in that, I did basic things. I, I didn't have much in 0 0.2. It was controller support, uh, calendar system um, for setting the date, um, the lighting system, which was integrating a previous lighting system I had worked on, uh, adding the actual lights into the game, um, adding money, making sure the player had money. I had to add an area to, I had to add a room, like a whole room for the game, which we've done. Um, dialogue system I had to integrate, which is a previous dialogue system I had worked on, so that wasn't so bad. Um, interactions enabled with objects. I kind of just had to make a hierarchy structure of my objects, how my objects were going to be, and then boundaries placed within the room. So that was like foundational, mostly foundational stuff. The longest and hardest update was number three. Number three was all code that I, I had not worked on before. I couldn't integrate something from a previous project. This is when I had to work on the main parts of the game, the, the tougher stuff. And for me, the tougher stuff was catalog and um, I already had an inventory system, but kind of working on like inventory items for the catalog. So I'll show you again here, just my game. So uh, you can see the, what I was talking about, this IT mode having a grid based here. So each of these grids is 64 by 64, the pixel count. And uh, I had to grid everything off and then make sure my mouse can move around and that it's locking into the most recent grid box of 64 by 64. So that, that way I'd be able to move objects within my world and have them click down. Oh, there's a bug. <laughs> cool. There's a weird visual bug there, but yeah. Um, normally that's what it looks like when you're moving objects in the world. And that was a huge hurdle. So I had to get that done. So creating the build modes on a grid-like system here in my 0 0.3 update, that was a massive thing to set up. If I can't get that, I couldn't get the rest of the game. So I got that done. And when I got that done, I started to think like, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's move forward to the catalog system. And this is where the catalog system got really convoluted because I had to make a backend structure of all my items, an index of all the catalog items. And that actually, everything started to get really smooth after that, after I had created that catalog. So um, everything, every item you see here that has uh, information to it, connections, inputs, outputs, all that kind of stuff, that's all handled from that that index for the catalog um, in a different code, which is really cool. So I'll show that off. but. That was uh, some good functionality. The outlet functionality was also a little bit difficult. I've never made a game that has connections like this, that has so many connections. And, and finding that slot system I came up with for the connections really, really helped me. So that was, uh, that was a good way to go about this, I think. And um, I'm really jazzed up on it, and I'm excited to see where I take it, really. I, I, it's still in the new stages, so we'll see where I go with it. So really, 0.3 was the hardest update I did, and we're now on 0.4. And we're in the middle of making it. Now, it might seem confusing because it's 3.8 right now that I'm working on. 0.4 is the release number, um, but I'm on 3.8. Anyways, I'm working on all these things for 0.4, and 4 has just become the evolution of 3. It's, I wouldn't call it harder, it's it's just more work. But it's it's really just fleshing out a lot of these ideas that came up in 3 that I had to build the foundations for, which has actually been more fun, which has been kind of cool. And the 5 will be the same thing, except for it takes that further to another room, which we haven't got yet. Anyways, um, that's how I do my update systems. I kind of write it all down. I do a typical line item. If I come up with a new idea, I normally give it a title and then I give it a dash. So I'll say new idea. And as soon as I complete that idea, I switch that dash over to an asterisk. So that's pretty simple. But again, John Carmack, one of my favorite developers, I read a thing one time when he was developing Quake that he does something very similar. <laughs> Just notepad entry, opens up notepad, puts a dash, what's a bug? you know, put an asterisk if it's complete. And it works for me, it's a checklist. So, it's nice. Okay, wow, my tea is cold. <clears throat> it's a nice tea though, I'm losing my voice really quickly. I have to get used to talking again so much, you know, I'm just, I used to do a lot of podcasts and would talk a bit more. And uh, it was almost like a skill being able to talk longer without losing your voice, but I end up losing mine pretty quickly sometimes. Okay, regardless. Moving on here, so uh, I had something I wanted to show off. Oh, the, the catalog system, right. I'll show that off. I'm not going to show off too much code, and I don't want to keep it too visual only because I, I want to make sure that a podcast still works out of this. But um, Okay, so when I'm writing dialogue or creating story beats and moments, I dialogue these things, or I, sorry, I index these things. Um, and these indexes are set, actually, at like the beginning of the game. When the game first runs, it sets all these immediately which is really nice because if I 
want to make a new scene, I can just simply go to this catalog system. I can write in my new scene and, and put it in there and put in my beats and all that kind of stuff and then save it, add it in. The game recognizes it immediately. And then when I'm doing functions later on that pull those dialogue scenes and all that, it can just pull from these catalogs, which is great. So then I thought, well, if I have to add all these items into it, then all these items are going to have really unique parameters. Then why not why not declare these variables in a index of sorts at the beginning? So I've done the exact same thing with my catalog list, and that's what I've done here, and I love it. I love it because it's really helping a lot. So the desk, for example, I have the desk in here uh, as a catalog. It is number zero, item zero, I guess, at this moment. And it's a basic desk, and that's literally where the description is. This is where the title is. If I was to put a dash um, red, just for example, the game recognizes that immediately. So when I'm running the game, as I am right now, uh, if I'm to go in and look at my desk, it'll recognize the new catalog, and it'll see the desk as that. Desk red. You can see the name red now written there. So it's really simple to make a change to these kinds of things. Um, and then all the parameters about the desk are true, you know? What is the quantity of this item normally? Um, can you stack the item? False, you can't stack this. Uh, if you were to stack it, it only goes to one because it's false anyways. Um, what is the sprite of the desk? What's the inventory sprite of the desk? What is the item type? What's the item type two? So furniture and a desk. Is it a surface? Can you put things on it? Uh, is it unlocked to the player right now? Um, what is the object of the desk? Which is not totally needed, but I end up using that one quite a bit. And that would be like over here where I say desk. So what is it? It's prop desk. Um, how much does the desk cost? Does it have any uh, output types? Can it output any kind of energy or anything really? It's a desk, so no. Uh, does it need internet? It's a desk, so no. <laughs> uh, does it have any slots? No, it's just a desk. Uh, <laughs> so nothing too special. And then cool things like buttons here, which is a new thing for me as well. When you click on the desk, what kind of buttons should pop up on the desk, you know? Uh, should, for example, should the connect power button pop up when you click on the desk? No, in my case, but you know, maybe your game's different. Um, so that's how I went about doing this. And I do the same thing from the desk all the way to like the breaker, the breaker box. So here's the breaker box here. It's a breaker box, so it handles circuit types for its output. Um, and it has slots. And then so I go into my slots and it's got a circuit as an input on it and it's got circuits as outputs and it outputs all those circuits out to power other things and then it's got its own set of buttons that shows up on there too so so yeah that's how i i catalog all this and i, I it yeah it helps me a lot i really really like this system so this is how i'm going to be building the game from now on unless unless something goes wrong right unless this causes some kind of major issue but really what i'm doing in terms of code is when my game is starting up I'm really just declaring all of those variables at the very beginning of the game so the game knows what it is. If I add a new one, this is the beauty of it too, if I add a new one, it's just there. Let's make a new one really quick here so you can see how fast this is. It's going to visually break a little bit, actually I'll say that just because the catalog won't show it how it's supposed to. New item! It's going to be item 10. I'm not going to change anything else, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to delete this right afterwards. So. <laughs> Um, but I just want to show you how fast this is. So we add new item. It's going to look exactly the same as the server rack. It's all the exact same as that. But go to continue, go to our catalog, and boom, there's our new item. And again, eventually it screwed up a little bit because it's not really how it's supposed to be. But there's a new item. It's already there. I can click it. I can place it. And it's got all the same properties as a uh, whatever this item was, the server rack. So yeah. So that's that. And. Uh, that's the system I'm working on. That's what I got so far. Uh, lots to do, lots I want to work on next. And yeah, in terms of this game, uh, the update I'm working on right now is to flesh out a lot more of the slots, the functionality between connecting everything. There's still a few bugs there and I got to make sure that those are all fixed before I move on to the next stage. And then the next stage is going to be going upstairs in the in the, in the company of the game. So your character can go upstairs and, and meet some of the crazy characters up there. So that's going to be a fun update to do. So. Further in this game, what I would like to do is that, and then further what I want to do as the project goes is I will be uploading these builds. I don't have a number yet, I don't have a date yet on when I'm doing that, but I will upload previous builds of the game onto GitHub so that if you want to look at the code yourself or run it in your own game maker environment, um, you're free to do that. You can, you can take the code and run it in there. I'm not sure how long I can do that for before I eventually get close to maybe wanting to release this game, but for the time being, at least while it's still 
in its rudimentary stages, I have no problem with handing out the code here for people to use it. So for the time being, that is totally fine by me. Losing that voice. Okay. <clears throat> so that's the coding part of that. Now, as far as programming goes in general, I like to just talk about things that I might want to be working on or what was motivating me right now. Um, recently, I've been looking at Jonathan Blow is the guy who created Witness and he created Braid. I think he's created a few other games, but those are the big titles that most people know. Uh, Witness is that puzzle game. It's a first person kind of puzzle game that people worked on. Very interesting. Um, I thought it was fun, but it, it's kind of mixed depending on what you're looking for in a game, but it's very much a puzzle game. But I like him as a developer. I think he's he's very outspoken and I, and I actually appreciate that. <laughs> he's very honest. So. Uh, I've been watching some videos of him and it's got me very motivated on a new coding language that he's working on. I think it's called Jai, J-I-A, I think. And I find that one to be really cool. Jai language. That might be, yeah, Jai programming language. I don't know. This is the first time I've clicked on this, so I'm not really too sure uh, what this is going to do or look like, but inductive. Updated. Jai is an exciting new programming language developed by Jonathan Blow. The stated aim of the language is to be a better language for programming games than C++, but the language really is a general alternative to C++ with the following goals. High performance, joy of programming, simplicity, low friction, designed for good programmers. So I'm curious about this. I just heard about it today, so I'm going to take some time looking into it, but uh, that's something that's got me really motivated. Another thing is uh, my C++ uh, coding, I, I have very, very little experience with it. I've taken, I've taken a look at basic courses and done them before, but I have very little experience with it. So I want to brush up on that and start to hone that skill a little bit more. And I also would like to start coding in Unity a little bit, not because I want to make games in it, but I just want to be aware of a lot of the, the pros and cons in Unity more than where I am now. A lot of my information about Unity is through videos I watch of other people coding in Unity and I would rather have hands-on experience with that. So I feel like I can I can answer a lot of questions about Game Maker, but I can't answer a lot of questions about Unreal or Unity. So I'm, I, I figured I'll tackle Unity for now and then see where it goes from there. Uh, okay, so let's get into the Q&A section here. We've come to the end of the video and we're actually at about 45 minutes or so, so that's not too bad. I actually, I think that's a pretty decent time for this and I wouldn't mind striving for something like that each time. So. Here we go. Let's move into the Q&A. Uh, like I said, I have a preloaded question on the first episode. Totally fine. I don't have anything gathered yet for questions. So here's a preloaded question uh, that I get a lot or hear a lot when I'm on Reddit. And it is, um, I just, I made it kind of more generic. It's can I make blank in Game Maker Studio 2? And it is usually directed at Game Maker Studio 2 developers because uh, I don't know why, but when choosing an engine for a game, a lot of people are just curious. Well, I, I guess I know why, but the biggest question always comes off is, can I make this game in Game Maker Studio 2? And my answer to that is always yes and no at the exact same time, because it totally depends on what you're trying to make. Now, all of my experience in Game Maker Studio 2 has been uh, indie games that are either top-down or platformer, like I said earlier. And I think it's very, very good at doing those two things. Thing is, Game Maker Studio 2 uses Game Maker language, which I think is very robust, and you can make 3D games in Game Maker Studio 2. You can make, I saw the other day, somebody making a very similar game to Super Mario 64, uh, Super Mario 64, and they had a character model that was bouncing around and doing all the stuff that you would normally do in a 3D game. And you can do that in Game Maker Studio 2. I don't recommend it. I think that you would spend a lot of time trying to work on things that would you'd work out problems that you don't need to work out that if you were using a different engine uh so the answer is yes and no like can you but should you really so i think a lot of people are trying to look at game maker studio 2 as trying to do everything and i don't while i think it can do almost any game that you're thinking of um mmos there are some successful mmos that were created on game maker studio 2 uh, but should you create it on that is another question. It doesn't always mean no either. It's just just the question that you might want to ask. Like, do you want to be one of the first people to make a hugely commercial successful first person shooter out of Game Maker Studio 2? Then go ahead. It's going to be a bit of a headache, I bet. 
but it'd be super impressive. You, I'll play it for sure. So, so go ahead. Uh, so uh, yes and no to can I make this on Game Maker Studio too? Examples of games that I've made uh, or projects I've worked on at least. Let me just quickly go through that. Uh, games. Um, this was an uh, online game. I was kind of copying uh, Among Us, so a very Among Us style game. Networking. Pro that was the Among Us one. Still, this was a RPG. Uh, this was a action RPG. We got a little sysadmin, obviously. Also, inscriptions in here. Uh, if you haven't played inscription, play that game. Not done by me, <laughs> but good game. <clears throat> Make your way was a gangster game, a mobster video game I was making, like an RPG simulation where you played as a gangster. Um, I made all the uh, sprites and all that in Adobe Illustrator, which is really cool. I was working with vector files. It's the first time I had done that, and that was really fun. Um, we've got Project Red was a Pokemon clone I was making. Super Happy Robocore was a Minecraft clone I was making. Well, Minecraft, but top-down, not first-person. Um, Super Unnatural Snatchers, that was the Among Us clone I was doing. System Min, same thing. And uh, top-down assets, the thing, same thing, system min. Oh, a platformer. This is a platformer beat-em-up kind of thing. There's there's a ton of them on here. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's lots of different genres in there. I've got a few of the biases that I go towards. This new one is fun, though, because it hits that management sim uh, kind of genre that I have never actually attempted, but I love playing those games. So, I guess management sim. I think Game Maker Studio is very good for management sim type games. If that's at all your cup of tea, then go for it. Okay, so that answers that question. That's my preloaded question. So that's all I've got for today. So thank you so much for sticking it out with me. And uh, I hope you enjoy my long form ramble videos like this. Again, I make these for anybody else's benefit who's into game development, who maybe wants to see what it's like for somebody else who's going through game development and the thoughts they're going through and their processes and all that. Um, as well as for myself, I know I'll find this uh, entertaining going back on this, but also it'll help me organize my thoughts. There's myself. Um, I know it'll also help me organize my thoughts and go back on my development process of this game. And it would be really exciting to come back and look at this over time. Um, if I got this project anywhere even close to being off the ground, it'd be really fun to come back and see where it was in the earlier stages and my thoughts on it here. So, Because it's so easy to forget that stuff later on. Anyway, so thank you so much for being a part of all this, and uh, I hope to see you in the next episode. If you'd like to see other things on the show, let me know. Again, I have I know a few people in the game industry. It would be interesting if I can get a few of them on. Um, I have a few names in mind right now. I don't want to say anything yet, but I have a few names in mind right now, and I think it'd be really cool and fun to try to get somebody on for uh, to talk about their experience in game development. And also, I want to bring on my wife at some point to talk a little bit about what it's like to deal with somebody like me. And... Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for watching and I will see you again in the next episode. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye-bye.